This is the Immigration Conversation presented by Fragman, a series of talks and discussions by leading immigration lawyers and professionals from around the world. We'll bring you the most up-to-date business immigration news, issues of concern, and strategies in the world of global immigration and mobility. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Today, our discussion focuses on studying in the UK and in Canada. I'm Cosmina Morarillo, Senior Manager and Lawyer at Fragman in Toronto, and welcome to our podcast. This discussion should be of particular interest to individuals who want to specialize in a particular field or who wish to undertake international study in Canada or the UK. We have with us today my colleague from the UK practice, Ms. Naomi Kolchkin, a senior manager and lawyer. Naomi, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Cosmina. It's great to be here today. Naomi, share with us what is currently happening in the UK and why would someone decide to study in the UK? Despite the pandemic, I'd say the UK continues to be a really attractive location for international students for a number of reasons. We have some of the oldest educational establishments in the world with outstanding reputation and facilities. But it's not always about the institution or the qualification. It's also about the journey. I think for any individual choosing to study abroad, it's character forming, whether it's building confidence, independence, or the ability to interact with people from all backgrounds. These are all traits that many employers will look for in their new recruits. Aside from that, a huge positive to studying in the UK are options available to graduates and flexibility should they wish to continue either in academia or enter the world of work. Uh, as we enter into a new immigration system into the, in the UK, many of our policies are designed to attract the brightest and the best from across all industries and transition into a status that does permit work, um, making it more accessible for people who have studied in the UK. When speaking to many of our clients, they have often, often considered institutions all over the world when deciding when, where they're going to study. And more often than not, Canada is becoming a real top contender. So, Nina, why do you think that this is the case? Well, I, I can comment on the UK piece uh, for now as a graduate of a UK university. I echo your comments. On the Canadian side, Canada consistently ranks as one of the best countries in the world. And it is recognized worldwide for the outstanding quality of education from elementary school to post-secondary studies. But not only that, studying in Canada allows students to continue to live and to work in Canada while diversifying and developing their professional skills. The study permit itself is one of the main gates to permanent residence in Canada. Now, what is the process for obtaining a student visa or, or study permit? On the Canadian side, the process starts by having an acceptance letter from a Canadian designated learning institution, and that is the starting point to obtaining a study permit. What's the process on the UK side? Not, not too dissimilar. Um, all education institutions in the UK are required to hold a sponsor license. And after satisfying the criteria, the, the institution in which the student will apply, they will be issued a sponsorship document called a CAS, C-A-S, um, which can then be used to gather the remaining supporting documentation for their visa application and they can then move on to either apply overseas or from within the UK. 
Great. And uh, what are some of the things that an individual should expect from studying in the UK? I ask that question because on the Canadian side, international students have to pay higher tuition fees than domestic students. Obviously, there are some variations, uh, university to university, province to province. However, the cost of living is affordable comparing to most other top destinations for international students. And in addition to that, during studies, an international student has the option of working on campus or off campus to offset some of these expenses. It's not that dissimilar to the UK as well. Um, our fees are quite similar. But in general, um, an individual for the visa process itself, or there will be a visa application fee, of course. And also in the UK, we have something called an immigration health surcharge, which recently has just gone up to £470 per year of study. Sadly, even if the student has private health insurance, you still have to uh, pay this as part of the visa process. And then you will also have your tuition uh, and possible accommodation fees on top of this. Now, fees and cost of living do vary in the UK, of course, uh, from institution to institution, but also geographically. So if you're living in the UK, your cost of living in the north could be a lot uh, cheaper and lower than compared to living in London, which, again, many of uh, our clients have fed back to say, say, rental uh, for an apartment or shared housing um, is, a, is a lot more affordable uh, for universities in the north in comparison to studying in the south. Is that similar? Uh, do you find that that can often be a similar case for Canada? Absolutely, absolutely. So the, the fees, the international fees, tuition fees vary from uh, one region to another, university to university, as I, as I mentioned before. But in terms of pricing times, are you seeing any impact due to COVID-19? What, what are some of the things that you're seeing in practice right now? Um, I'd probably say for processing times, it really depends on the country of filing. Um, standard processing times are approximately 15 working days, but many countries do provide the option to provide expedited services. Um, in filing, when filing from within the UK, you're looking at around six to eight weeks, but COVID did really severely impact processing times um, in the UK. Of course, we saw the worldwide closure of many visa centres, which meant that um, over the summer it took some time for processing times to gather momentum. But we actually didn't see uh, a real delay uh, for overseas applications. It was more UK application, uh, UK inbound applications uh, where filed in country where we saw those delays come. That's interesting. We, uh, we've seen uh, delays on the applications filed from outside Canada. Normally, we have um, processing time roughly 20 days for those qualifying under what is called a student direct stream for specific countries, and then extended to 20 plus weeks uh, during COVID for the rest of the applications. Now, mm -hmm. any impact due to COVID-19, aside from the any processing delays or anything else that uh, is notable from your end? The UK government had to act quickly uh, when it when uh, we went into lockdown in the UK, um, and a number of concessions were introduced uh, to protect the status of students and to allow them to continue their studies throughout the pandemic. A uh, significant change uh, was to allow students to commence their studies remotely, uh, which really was a welcomed addition and something that has been permitted throughout 2021. Um, 
for many international students who are undertaking courses in the UK. We also saw concessions which allowed visa applicants to apply in country when their status previously did not allow for this and for applicants overseas to apply in another country where they're not formally resident. Uh, so many instances where you would have students that came to the UK to maybe look around universities um, and unfortunately got actually stuck in the UK because of closures in their home country. So they were staying in the UK as a visitor and then were allowed to transition into a long-term visa, which has now allowed them to start their studies in the UK. That's great. On the Canadian side, the government made similar concessions, allowing students to commence their studies remotely without impacting their eligibility for a post-graduation work permit. And in addition to that, as of October 20th, if a student is outside Canada or has a valid study permit or has been approved for a study permit, uh, the student may enter Canada as long as the designated learning institution is on the list of institutions with an approved uh, COVID-19 readiness plan. Now, just I know you touch on a few of the benefits, but are there any other benefits from studying in the UK? That's a really good question, Cosmina, and one that I often discuss with our international student clients that are preparing to start their studies in the UK. And I'll probably say the most common answer is that they're awarded a globally recognised qualification whilst walking away um, fluent in English, where they're often coming to the UK, where English is their second language. From a career perspective, many of our clients comment on the fact that internships and work experience often undertaken during their time as a student allows them to easily transition into work life or setting up on their own once they finish their studies. So it's almost looking ahead and long term once they've arrived as a student to see how easily they can then end up in the world of work uh, once they've finished their student journey in the UK. That's amazing. I, uh, you mentioned path, but I, I call it puzzle, uh, at least on the Canadian side, um, because studying in Canada is the first piece of the puzzle. It will allow an international student to study, work post-graduation, transition to permanent residence, and then later on apply for citizenship. And to complete the puzzle, the student, now permanent resident, can also sponsor uh, his or her parents and grandparents for residence. That's amazing. That's great. And so um, just to recap, sorry, Anomi. So, sorry, Serena. Um, I was just saying to recap, um, <laughs> what do you think are the three most um, important things to consider when you're coming to study either um, internationally in Canada or the UK? I... Um, I think the uh, the first step is uh, the planning uh, planning step, uh, but also the admission process, ensuring that um, the student has all required information and documentation in a timely manner, uh, making sure that um, any preparations are made far in advance of, of the start date. And then keeping abreast of immigration development, what you can and cannot do as a student may change during the course of, of the study, which may alter the long-term plans of the student. And really take advantage of um, where you plan to study, as well as making lifelong friends and contacts. Studying abroad allows you to explore and gain life experience. And if you have this on your doorstep, go see it. Um, so those are some of the things that 
a student may want to keep in mind. Um, I conclude with saying thank you, Naomi, for joining our podcast, and uh, we look forward to having you on our next podcast, which will focus on skilled migration. The Immigration Conversation Podcast is presented by Fragment, the leading firm dedicated exclusively to immigration services worldwide. This episode is current as of the date of recording. With frequent changes in global immigration, be sure to keep up to date by visiting our website at www.fragamin.com and subscribing to the Immigration Conversation on your favorite podcast service to hear the latest episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice or give rise to an attorney-client relationship between any listener and our firm. If you have any questions, please contact the Global Immigration Professional with whom you work at Fragamin.